How's everyone doing this morning? Adam, God bless you. Come on out. You good? I am awesome, thank you. Yeah, you should be. Hey, yeah, it's just been great just to hear this, the testimony of what God's been doing in your lives. And uh, you guys have been hanging on, uh, believing God. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. And uh, we've just been listening to what God is asking us to do. And I think that's uh, the most important thing. So one of the things that you've been, we've been talking about, and just like just in the future of your life and, the, and just in the direction of your life, it's, it's like there's been different options in front of you, hasn't there? There has been, there has been. And um, if I could put it this way, uh, God points this out to me, and I say to other people that God just, his heart is to bless us. He really, really wants to bless us, but he wants to develop our character more. Yeah. So that we can handle the blessing. And um, so um, my, my, my testimony on that is that actually uh, at work, you know, I got, I, I got a bit frustrated at work. I wanted to move on. And options came and I couldn't. So there's options it. in Dargaville? There's options in Dargaville. There's options down south and um, with, with a bit more money in it and things like that. Yeah. But um, I had to, the, the choice we had to make and the choice I had to make was what does God want me to do? Yeah. And, um, and God specifically pointed out to me, he said, you know, uh, you're in this place right now, and I'm not going to move you until you develop certain aspects of your character. And I said, God, that's what I'm going to do. And I, so I, I put myself to it. And what I actually noticed was that by my character changing, I was actually getting my boss to shift his character. <laughs> and, uh, Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so what happened? And so what the combination of everything is that I got a phone call with a job offer. <laughs> and this was not just uh, a job offer. Everything about it is moving forward uh, to develop me as in, in my career, to develop everything, you know. And um, not only that, I'll just cut it short, but I'll just say to you that uh, the offer they gave me was 17000 a year more than what I'm paying now. $17,000 yeah. a month. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, that's... That was God saying, well done, my faithful servant. You developed your character to the level that I wanted you. So I'm moving on to the next stage. Come on. <laughs> yeah. so that, come on, give the Lord a praise. This is fantastic. So you really leaned into the, you really leaned into the Lord, eh? I really leaned in. And of course, it's hard. But, uh, and, you know, you listen to God's voice. He tells you. He mm. actually tells you what you should do. Yeah. And the things you need to, sh to, to shift. And you've just got to put the effort in and say, Lord, I'm going to do this. You respond yeah. to him, you trust in him, you absolute, lean into him. Absolutely. It was absolute trust, leaning in, and uh, he came through for me. I didn't have to open my mouth. People came to me. The offer came to me much more than what Pressed I Pressed down, shaking together. And running over. <laughs> and running over. Awesome, man. Yeah, really yeah. proud of you. Really believing. Thank God, come on, just put it together. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm really believing that God will prosper his people, and that there's a way that you can unlock prosperity over your life. It is simply not luck. It's not just waiting till your lucky numbers come up for the Lord to bless you. That's not how it works. Tell somebody next to you, it's not luck. It's certainly not luck. No, no, no. You can, there are things that you can do. There, there are things that you can build into your life for God to bless you. It is great to see you here. I missed you last Sunday. I was, I was racing. Nearly. 
we were pushing the edge too much and just dinged the car a little bit, but that's all right. Fingers and toes. Want to welcome pastors Mike and Joy back. Drove 300 kilometers this morning, and we're here early. Come on. If you're going to clap, put yourself into it. Give it a good clap. And uh, I tell you, we've got a great morning. How many people have been uh, coming to the Elijah House? Is it the A School? Fantastic. Great to have you here this morning, too. It's awesome. And uh, well, what a week, eh? What a week. All sorts of stuff going on in our nation and our world, I mean. And uh, I just want to encourage you with a couple of thoughts, first of all. One, uh, in regards to coronavirus, at the end of the day, I'm not worried at all about it. Um, However, I do take precautions, so with my wife, she'll be sleeping in a tent in the backyard. (laughs) Sorry, no, you're not. No, it's going to be me. (laughs) I'm looking for a place to stay. (laughs) Mum? So anyway, we'll um, look at the end of the day. It's, it's, there is a serious aspect to it, and um, uh, we're not going to close the church down. Uh, however, it gets to the point where heaps of you are infected, then we'll politely ask you to watch online. <laughs> yeah, wash your hands, wash your face, just have 20 showers a day, whatever you need to do. Um, but we're certainly not going to live in fear, you know. Um, look, I've lived in places where uh, coronavirus, I mean, it's got nothing, to, I mean, it's got nothing on bullets, you know. Uh, and the Lord was with us. I mean, there was times when I was sick. There was times when I was absolutely run out of energy. I remember one time I was just reflecting there. I had absolutely nothing left in me. I was sick to the core, and I couldn't speak. I couldn't, and I, I got up to preach, and I just asked the Lord, Lord, help me out, please. All of a sudden, a massive thunderstorm just turned up in the middle of the street. Skies opened up, um, a totally unexpected storm. Wind just swept through the street, swept everyone away, and that was it. I didn't have to preach anymore. So the Lord will. <laughs> I only got up to say a few words, and that was it. It's like, no, nah, no, it's all good, bro. You sit down. <laughs> I got this. I got this. The other thing, I guess, uh, I, I really do want to address, though, is I don't want this to distract you what... Uh, spiritually is happening in our nation right now, uh, and especially with this abortion bill going on. Um, uh, it's, it, look, to, be, to cut straight to the point, it is wicked and evil. And there's no short, there's no... Um, and I think for many people, and I just watched some of the social media posts, uh, it stirs up a lot of sentiment within people. And, uh, I, and I want to... Just before I get into that, this, this message, I'll, there is something of the heart of Christ that I, it's important that we all capture because, um, I mean, I read some of the comments of one of our a couple of politicians that came out, and then I read a whole bunch of sentiments on the internet about what they think that the Lord should do to that particular individual. And there was a lot of talk of fire. They should burn them with fire, Lord. Uh, let me just speak into this, just, just for a moment. In, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus was on his way somewhere, and he sent messages ahead, the Bible says, and 
he wasn't going to be received. The disciples had an expectation that Jesus would be welcomed in this village. And their expectations were not met. For whatever reason, for whatever... I mean, we can speculate, we could, we could probably unpack that a little bit. But at the end of the day, he was not welcome in that village. And so the disciples of Jesus came back and said these words. Understand, the, issue, the point being was this. There was no honor for Jesus Christ, and, there was, and their expectations were not met. In other words, so we're just looking at the principle here. The disciples came back and said, look, these people are absolutely wicked for their behavior for you, for you. Jesus, why don't you call fire down from heaven and burn them all up? All right? Listen to the words that are being used. And often when our expectations aren't met, when people do things that, are, that rile us, that get us angry, that we know that darn well, they're against what, uh, the, the plan of God. It's very, very easy to get really, really angry in your heart. But interesting, the word that Jesus said was this. The, the words that Jesus said immediately following this was simply this. He said, you don't know, uh, that's not the manner of spirit that I carry. It's not the manner of spirit. You do, not know the, you do not know the nature. We do not know the heart of Christ. You don't know the manner of spirit in which you carry. And so in one sense, yes, it's, it could be very justifiable, very justifiable that you can be uh, upset and want to call down fire on politicians that have complete disregard for Christ. I understand that. But the point, Jesus came, point that Jesus made was this. That's not my heart. And the words he said following that were this. He said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save which was lost. It's not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And so part of being a mature Christian, part of walking in authority, part of walking in maturity, is not, suppressing, not necessarily suppressing your feelings, because there's no doubt Jesus got angry, but he had rule over his own internal life. But capture this. Where all the Christians said, call down fire upon these people, Jesus said, no. He said, you've missed my heart. My heart's not to destroy people. My heart is that people will turn and their heart will be transformed. So my encouragement to you to, is this. It's good to feel angry about what's going on. It's good to feel angry about the lack of uh, morality. It's good to feel angry about, um, uh, about the laws. That are, it's good to feel that. It's okay to feel that. But let me tell you, let me encourage you, don't confuse that with missing the heart of Christ for people. Because what I find is this. Sometimes people can get so angry or direct their anger to a person. What that happens is it ends up becoming more destructive than it is. What it does, you end up cutting off all possibility to be able to communicate or to be able to connect with that person. Hello? So as much as I feel like, God, put him through the juicer, Lord. What that would do if we all carried that voice, what it does is simply to say, well, you're just a bunch of angry Christians. We miss the heart of Christ. So the thing is, yes, Jesus did get angry, but he also knew how to steer his heart. He also knew his greater purpose. And it's important for us that we don't allow our emotion to overcome the, the heart that Christ has for people. Amen? Amen? So one of the things I encourage you, yes, pray. Um, Put out your Facebook post, but even you, you look through the you look through scriptures, and the Bible clearly says, "Be careful of what you say against the king, because the word will carry your words." So for me, I don't 
I don't agree with what people do in, in politics. I don't agree with the stands that they make, and I'm more than happy to tell them so to their face. However, what I won't do is in the corner of my closet, curse them or bring them down because the birds of the air, the Bible say, will carry those words. Because at the end of the day, you would not want to be in that position either. And it's important that we understand the dynamics of the spirit role because there is, there is spirits that operate around us and they will carry our words, even the words that are said in secret. So one of the things that we do as a Christian, we can unite. So we, we can come together with a, with a positive voice, just not a voice of anger and bitterness to the people. At the end of the day, they will stand before God and give an account of their life. Amen? There we go. I want to just open up scripture. I've, um, I just had uh, something really burning in my heart afresh, and um, it is to do with what I've just spoken on, funny enough. And uh, we're going to look at the scripture and the story on the book of Jude, Jude chapter 1. Somebody say Jude chapter 1. There's only one chapter in Jude, so we're looking at Jude 1 and 3. And he says here, uh, Beloved, while I was very diligent, giving all diligence to write to you and according to our common salvation, he said, I felt this. He felt I should, um, he felt I felt stirred to, uh, to, to change that and to encourage you and to exhort you to contend for the faith that was once delivered for us all. Somebody say, contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Somebody say, contend for the faith. So one of the things Jude was pondering on as he's writing this, he's, he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's making some observations about what is going on in the world around him. So he's, he's sitting there, and he's under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's feeling to write, he's feeling led to first of all write about what, what he, he terms common salvation. The, what he means by common salvation is simply not uh, the word common can mean uh, low. He's not referring to that. But he's talking about the salvation that we all share. In other words, what he's talking about is this. He's talking about, um, uh, essentially, the issues that are immediately in front of us. He's talking about the blessings that we all share. You know, one of the things as a Christian, when you enter into a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, we receive many blessings in our life. And, and so for us as a Christian... Uh, when, we, when you come into this place, you receive blessings. You are, you are in a space, you become in an environment where you are blessed in many different ways. As we walk our Christian life, we go to the courses, we, we work out our salvation. There are, there are things that we're working through in our life as, as individuals, things that are just in front of us. But we often get caught up with just the blessings and the benefits of what it means to walk in as, as a Christian. We, we get caught up in the benefits of what it means to walk in the joy of the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to walk in the peace of the Lord. It's a wonderful thing to have a family. It's a wonderful thing to have whanau around you that can love and bless you and can give you up and talk you. And, and, and it's a wonderful thing living the Christian life. It's wonderful to live in the benefits. I mean, for many people here, you come to a family. If you weren't here, what else would you be doing? For many of you, you would have been lonely, but you come into a place, you found freedom, you found joy, you've found new friends, you've found uh, answers for the struggles that you're struggling with in life. He's talking about the common salvation, the joy of common salvation. So, so Jude initially starts to, this is the initial thought that he had. I'm not going to labor on this too much, but 
he's talking about the shared life together, the benefits of church, the benefits of a church community, the benefits of a family. If you're sick, you've got somebody going to come by you. I mean, look at our church family. When somebody gets sick or somebody has a baby, you look at the people that come around them and start to buy the meals. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. You got a little bit sad and you need to talk about it. You just, somebody will give you a call and say, oh, I just want to pray for you and just encourage you and lift you up and just take you out for something and just take you out for a coffee and cheer you up. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing to live in the presence of God. It's a wonderful thing to have a, be in a church family. But one of the things he, 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 starts to, he starts to do is as he's writing, he feels a, a fresh conviction in his life. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. He said, I felt to uh, exhort you and to contend earnestly for the faith that was once delivered to the saints because he had made some observations about what was happening in the faith. In other words, he had an observation about not just about what's just in front of him right now, but what's going on into the wider body of Christ. And it's important that we understand this, that whatever we are going through personally, uh, whatever we are going through, our, uh, going through in our own life, whether it's a good thing or it's a thing that we're working out, it's never constrained, it's never confined just to what's happening in our own life. There is always a bigger purpose to what God is doing in your heart. There is always a bigger purpose to what God is doing in you. There's always a bigger purpose to the purpose that you want to discover for your own life. There is always a bigger plan. It's not just about you as an individual, and it's not just about us as a church family. There is always a bigger plan that God has. We are not just an individual church. Everything that we do has an impact on both the churches around us, the environment around us, uh, what's happening in the nation, and what's happening on, on, on the global sense. So it's important to understand that we don't just get caught up into our own individual issues and good things, that we forget that actually we are a part of a family. We are part of the wider body of Christ. We are part of the family of God across the nations of the earth. And there is something that, uh, that Jude observed that was getting into the wider body, and it would affect people. So what happens in the wider body of Christ does affect what uh, affects our own lives as well. So there's, he's talking about the bigger picture of faith. In other words, the gift that is upon your life, it's not just about you. There is a much bigger purpose to the gift upon your life. Hallelujah. It's not just about you. The gift is given to you, but it's not for you. It's for other people. It's for the benefit of the body of Christ. It's for the benefit of the whanau here. It's for the benefit of the wider body of Christ. It is for the benefit of our community. It is for the benefit of our nation. So let's not get caught up into what's going on into our little world, what's going on in front of us, because there's a much bigger purpose to it, a much bigger purpose. And this is what Jude was talking about. He said, um, there is a, basically what he's saying here is there is a spiritual contention for the things of God and the outworking of the things of God in your own life, but also for us as a church and also for us as the body of Christ. There is a con spiritual contention, and if you unaware of it, I'll help you become aware of it. <laughs> At some point, you're going to become more aware of it, but you can see it in our, our nation right now. There is a spiritual contention in government levels. There's a spiritual contention. There's a wrestle for power. There's a wrestle for uh, what's going to be released over our nation or what's going to be withheld. There is a contention over this church. It's one thing for you to come and to receive the benefits of what's happening in here, but I can assure you of this, 100%, there is a contention to keep it open. 
there is a contention. There are times when I feel like I'm losing my mind. There are times when I'm drained of energy. There are times where I get harassed from this side. And that. There is a contention to keep things away. If, if you can imagine like a little circle or, or, or a bigger circle, any kind of circle, there's a boundary around it. And it's, all, it's one thing to enjoy the comfort and the benefits inside the circle, but it's another thing to be on the edge of that circle and to keep it not just keep it at bay, but to be able to extend it out a bit further and to keep extending it. And that's what Jude is talking about. He's saying, I was going to write to you about the common salvation, about the things that we enjoy, the, you know, the, yeah. but I find that I, I, I feel compelled to talk to you and to uh, challenge you to contend for the faith that, uh, that was delivered for us all. And this is one of the things that's important for us to get a grip on because if you don't contend, it's not just you that loses, but other people lose out. There is a spiritual contention. I mean, this didn't turn up by itself. I can assure you. There's a contention to get the worship sometimes. There's a contention to preach. There's a contention to move in the things of the Spirit. There's a contention for it. There is an opposition to it. You feel it. I feel it. And I can't, one of the things I can't do is just shut off to it and pretend it's not there. If I choose to do that, one of the things I'll find is that my world will shrink around me. But for me, I'm not for that. I don't want to just be satisfied with enjoying the good things of God around me right now. I want to contend for what's mine, but I just haven't received it yet. I want to contend for what's yours, but you just haven't walked in it just yet. Part of my role, part of my, my role as a pastor is not just to make you feel good, but to push out the walls that are around you, to stand on behalf of you, to contend for you, to fight for you, to open up new opportunities, to, to extend the boundaries so that you can have more freedom in Christ. And at some point, we've all got to do that together because the same thing for us as a church, if we don't stop praising, if we, don't, if we stop praying, if we stop praising, if we stop being who God has called us to be, I can tell you we'll just start to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink until there's only two people left and we have to sell the building. Not on my watch. Not on my watch, thank you very much. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is why we pray strong. That is why... We, we sing loud. That is why when we clap our hands, it's not a, heck no. Absolutely not. It's not just a, a, a clap saying, oh, worship team, you did a good job. It's just, yeah, it's kind of okay. Isn't it? No, 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 no. No, there's a contention for it. There's a, when I clap my hands, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act of war. It's an act of celebration. It's a, it's a declaration of faith. The things that God has for you, they're not just going to fall onto your lap. They're not going to fall onto your lap. You have to fight for them. You have to lean on them. You have to lean on God. You have to put some pressure on your character. You have to put some pressure on your environment. You have to put some pressure in order for you to get it. My goodness, I, I would never be in the position I have if I just sat there and boo-hoo and just enjoyed. No, no, absolutely not. I've got to keep some pressure on somewhere. Even if, I have to, even if I'm going to be the only one praying loud in tongues, I will pray loud in tongues. Why? Because I'm not going to shrink back. There is much more than God, that God has for us. Contend for the faith. The word uh, faith is actually comes from the word uh, emuna, which is spelled E-M-U-N-A-H. 
And from that word, that Hebrew word, you, we get the word, the English word faith, and we also get the, the, uh, the word belief. Uh, the very first time this, uh, this word is used is in context with Abraham. And, there, and therein lies the context of the scripture, that the faith that was once delivered for us all, that faith that you and I walk in, we can track that right back to Abraham. It was manifested fully through Jesus Christ, but we can track it all the way back to Abraham. So if you want to get an idea of the faith that we walk in, the faith that you and I are called to walk in, look at Abraham. He's a father of our faith. One of the things we see about Abraham was this. The Bible says that in Romans chapter 4 and verse 3 and Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, the Bible says that Abraham believed God. In other words, he, there was a faith inside of him. He, uh, he, he believed God and it was accounted righteousness. And I want to talk about what it means to, to have faith and to, have a, to be able to contend for the faith. Because the word faith can have a lot of different connotations and a lot of different meanings for people. For, he say, he, he, the Bible says that Abraham had faith in God. He believed God. There are a lot of people have a belief about God. A lot of people have a belief. You know what? The devil believes in God. He probably, I'd I, I assert this, that he believes in the God more than you do. Hello? The devil believes in God. However, does he have faith in God? No. It's one thing to believe that God exists. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what Abraham, he knew that there was a supreme being, but that's not what the whole story was about. The Bible says that he believed God. He, he had faith. The, the definition for that was to lean on. To lean on. I can stand still and believe in God. I can believe that there is a God and stand still. That is different for me Trusting God, because the word faith and the word belief actually mean, and that, that word um, uh, humana means to trust God. The, 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 to trust means to lean on. Somebody say, I'm going to get my lean back on. I'm going to start to get my lean back. Come on, tell someone next to you, I'm going to get a lean back on. So one of the things I found was this. There was something about leaning on God. There is something about when you have to lean on the things of the Spirit, when you have to lean on the promises of God. It's one thing to believe that God exists. It's another thing to believe, to put trust, to lean on Him, to put some weight on Him, to put some pressure on Him. You can stand still and know that there is a God there, but there is a, it's a completely new thing to Know that he is there. He is within you. He's near you. He has promises. You can trust him. You can lean on him. And that's the difference between Abraham and Abraham's faith that was accounted righteousness. For many people, they would know about God. For many people, you have grown up in church and you read the scriptures, but you don't lean on him. For us to expand for us to contend for the faith, for us to move into a new space of freedom and power and authority. You're not going to get it by just standing there, singing songs about God. 
We're not going to get it by praying about God. God, I thank you that you're just good all the time. And I can't tell when somebody's prayer is leaning on God. There is something about this church that we are called to. You'll experience at one point or another that we are called to pray louder. We are called to praise louder. There is something in the praise. There is something in the worship. There is something in the way that we pray. It's not just a, uh, what's the word? It's not, it's, not just a, um, it's not just a genre of church. Oh, I don't like that genre of church because of... Just a little bit like we just want a more quieter genre of church. We just want a small, I heard somebody say, I just want a small community that we can just share life with. You, sir, are a great man of faith and you have made the decision to spend this season of your life in a church that is just going to share community and just enjoy the benefits. No, no, we're, gonna, we're a church that puts a little bit of lean on. We're a church that when you come here, you're going to feel the pressure. Somebody say, I'm going to feel some pressure. So when you come into this place, you might come in and think the atmosphere might be closing in around you. And when you come in, you may come in there grumpy and bumpy. And you bring that atmosphere, I tell you, you're going to feel the lean on. And you're going to feel, when it comes time to pray, you're going to be all like, uh, but when you hear the pastor pray, shut up, I'm believing I've got the lean on for the Spirit. Not just because it's a good genre, but because I believe that there is something over here that God wants us to walk into. And I'm not going to get it just by standing there and just wishing and hoping that one day, in the lucky day, and the numbers will come up and the Lord will just, no, it's not going to happen like that. There's fantasy. The only way that you're going to walk into it is to put some pressure on. One of the things about Abraham, one of the things that you knew is this. The Bible just says in, in, in Genesis chapter 25 that when he got to the end of his life, he was full of life. He was full of, he was God had blessed him in every way. He was full of life, but yet between the promise that God said, I'm going to promise, bless you, and that point there, there was a whole bunch of leaning all the way. There was leaning with the wife. There was leaning on the money. There was leaning on the promises. There was some leaning that had to take place. God said this, but it doesn't look like that's happening. Should I just stand still or should I just lean? Somebody say, get, I'm getting get my lean on. I'm going to put some lean on this place. Come on. Many Christians just enjoy and settle. They, enjoy, they just settle and enjoy what somebody else has leaned on to get. Anyone play rugby league here? Anyone play rugby league? I don't know if you've ever watched some of these rugby league players. You ever watched the rugby league do a scrum? They, they get a lean on. You all know what I'm talking about. They get a lean on. They, 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 they got the lean. They engage. But then it's like, 
the heck are you boys doing? You're kind of playing with each other with this little ball. But you, you watch the difference between somebody's playing rugby, rugby union and rugby league. You watch when they get their lean on. Rugby league, they're like, they look like they're pushing, but they're not. They're just leaning. <laughs> but I watched some of these rugby boys. Yeah, I, I watched Dennis, man, when he was playing, playing the rugby. He, he put the weight on. He put the pressure on. So it's one thing, I know many Christians, they'll come. It's one thing to come to church and look like you got your lean on. I can hear. Shut up, I cut up, I cut up. Contend for the faith. The word contend. So you look at the word faith, means to lean, to put some lean on. Somebody say, I'm putting my lean on. Right. But contend is something else. Contend means to push. It means to, uh, it, it, it means to assert. That's what it means. It means to assert. So in other words, you can put your lean on but have no assertion. You think about that, what it means for us as a church. We can come and we can clap and we can kind of look like we're leaning. But when it comes to a assertion, you're like a rugby league player. Even a girl could push you over. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm not misogynist or whatever it is. It's one thing to put your lean into, to lean into the things of God. Just to, it's one thing to pretend to lean, but it's another thing to assert something, to say, actually, no, 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 no. No, I'm going to give some pushing in here. I'm going to put some weight. Somebody say weight. If you're going to put some weight behind it, you're going to put some either some muscle and you've got to have some mass. Somebody say authority. authority. Pastor Mike, are you going to preach on authority sometime? Because if you want to get... Oh, yes. Right there. Kate's going to be quarantined next week. She was down to preach. I think you should do something on authority. Yeah. It's one thing to lean. It's another thing then to put some... Assertion into that lean. It's another thing to have some authority. When you have got authority in your life, you have got weight. You can push further than anyone else. So when it comes to prayer, the Bible says the, pro, right, the, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. The bottom line is this. You've got to put some lean into your prayer. That means when you come to praise, when you come to worship. That's why I'm preaching like the way I am, because I don't want to stand there and say, mm. If you're going to clap, clap. If you're not, just stay home. If you're going to come and sing praises, sing praises and sing it loud. Put your lean on in your praise. If you're not going to do that, stay home, please. I'll send you some donuts. You enjoy them. There is something in our DNA as a church that causes a spiritual tension. It is felt. People feel it when they come in here. I'm not going to ever let that feeling go. I'm not going to change my genre just to appeal to people's... Heck no. Find another church. Find a small one. In fact, stay at home. I love, um, I love the saying of Marcus Luttrell from... Uh, uh, what's the movie? Somebody talked to me about the movie. 
uh, behind the enemy lines. Last man standing, one of those ones. In Afghanistan, he goes, there's something inside of us. Talking about a, a, a Navy SEAL, he says, there's something that burns inside of us. There's something that compels us to move forward. There is a fire that burns inside of us that keeps pushing us forward. That's the spirit that you and I are born into. That's the spirit that, that, that Abraham walked in. It's the spirit that Jesus walked in. He was, he was kind with people. He was generous with people. But inside of him, there was a leaning in. There was a leaning into his father. There was a leaning into the Holy Spirit. For us as a church, that's what we're called to do. It causes us, it compels us to go a little further, to ascend a little higher. Somebody say ascend. To love a little bigger. There are times when we've got to stop and rest and heal and all that, but we don't stay there. I'm all for that. We need to have that. It's important that we stop, that we enjoy time. We have times of enjoyment, that we can go race car driving, that we can go and... Yeah, we... But there's a time to get back into the fight. I love, that, I love the line in, that, in that, that movie. It says, we are never out of the fight, baby. We are never out of the fight. In other words, there are times that we sit, there are times that we will recover, but we are never out of the fight. In other words, I don't care what's going on, we are going to keep our lean on. It doesn't even matter if the odds are overwhelming us, I'm going to put my lean on. Hello? Our faith compels us to keep believing, even when it looks impossible, to keep moving forward, even when there's obstacles in front to keep the pressure on, to keep the expectation of God's promises, to keep my heart and my eyes open and big. I am never out of the fight. But he goes on to say, uh, he goes on to say in, in Jude 1, he says, for certain people have crept in, and, and, and um, you, read the, you can read the rest of it in your own time. But he says, certain people have crept in. In other words, certain influences have got into the wider body of Christ. Certain influences, you'll find that people have new ideas or new revelations or new things, new doctrines that they just, oh, got this new idea and they like to just put it out on Facebook and they get people into an agreement with that. Let me tell you very carefully, be careful what you listen to because people operate outside of the authority that God has given them and they start creating up new doctrines. But It sounds good to the ear, but what it does to the spirit, it draws its power away. Here's a real basic example. I was talking to my brother-in-law the other day who works at Waddy's, talking about tomato sauce. He said, if you tasted the tomato sauce 10, 20 years ago, and you tasted the tomato sauce today, it would not be the same. Completely different. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yeah, now you've got your hands up. Love that tomato sauce. Straight out of heaven. It doesn't taste the same. I don't want this church to get like that. I don't want me to get like that. The church that Jesus Christ gave himself for, the church that the Holy Spirit birthed, does it taste the same? Does it taste the same? What happened? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. This is what happens. Little by little, the ingredients get changed. Little by little. Hey, somebody says here, I found another supplier 
doesn't cost as much. We'll make more profit because it, does somebody, it doesn't cost as much. You don't have to pray as much anymore. You don't have to fast as much. You don't have to give. You don't even, you don't have to, if you don't, you don't want to clap your hands in church, you don't have to clap your hands. You just. Certain people, certain ideas. What is tomato sauce? Cheaper ingredients don't cost as much. Don't taste the same. Doesn't cost as much. It costs sometimes to lean into the things of God. It costs sometimes to contend for the faith. And there's a price for it. There is a price for to contend. There's a price in your soul. There's a price in your mind. There's a price that you have to pay. I don't want to be, I don't want to cheapen our sand of worship. I don't want to cheapen my prayer. I don't want to cheapen my clap. I don't want to cheapen my worship. I don't want to put any other ingredient that cheapens my product or the cheapens the, the, the workings of Christ in my life. Not one. Buy the budget one if you want. And enjoy that budget taste. Not me. Don't stop leaning in. Don't stop leaning. For many of us, as I've discovered the other day, I was just having a question with my friend. And I asked the question, what are we believing for? Boom. Well, I'm not quite sure, really. I haven't got my lean on. See, when, you, when, you're, when you're leaning hard in, you know exactly what, you've got pressure on, I am believing for this. You're putting some conviction into it. You're putting some assertion. No, 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 no. I'm not going to settle for that. No, I'm pushing for what I believe God has for us. I'm not going to give up quickly. I'm not going to pay the cheap price and get the cheaper product. No, no, no. I'm going to push into the things of God. I'm going to push in. Even if it costs me more, I'm going to keep pushing in. I'm going to keep my lean on. Psalm 20 and verse 7, he says, David said this, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. But I will trust in the Lord. In other words, he's saying, I've got my lean on. I'm going to put some pressure on the Lord. Even when my circumstances may be putting some pressure to come this way, I'm going to put my pressure on the Lord to say, Lord, you are faithful. You are yes and amen. Even though the circumstances don't look very positive, I know that you are faithful. I know that I can lean on you. I know that I can trust you. I know that you are true to your word. He goes on in Psalm 100. The Bible's full of it. I'll just give you one more. Uh, in, in, in Psalm 125, those who trust or lean in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They cannot be moved but abide forever. When you, stop, mate, when you stop getting your lean on in life, when you stop getting your lean on to the things of God, I can tell you, you'll stop moving forward. Most likely you'll start moving back or you'll start regressing. But Abraham died, a man full of us and a strong heart. Because he kept his lean on all the way through. Did he always know what to do? No. But he just kept his lean on and the Lord worked it out. Keep your lean on. Somebody tell him, there's the person next to you. Keep your lean on. Where have you stopped leaning? What caused you to stop leaning? What about your finances? What about your marriage? What about your internal life? What about the dreams? What about the prophecies that, you've, that God has spoken over your life? What about the prophecies God has spoken over this church? Are you still holding them before the Lord? Or have you forgot about them? 
God, you said, you said that you would pour out your spirit. You said that you would prosper. You said that you would have healing. I lean on to you, Lord. One of the things I find is people with this, the opposite of leaning into the Lord, it's one thing to lean stand still. It's another thing to lean this way. When you're leaning back, you become skeptical. Instead of leaning into the Lord, the opposite of leaning into the Lord is you start to become skeptical over things. You start to doubt the Lord. Is he really going to do that? Really? Oh, I'll start to put my trust in here. I won't. Skeptical. Some people get skeptical when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Some people get skeptical when it comes to the matters of God. Some people get skepticism and starts to arise inside of the church. They, don't, they, they can look like they're leaning, but actually they're leaning the other way. Has skept, have you become skeptical in your heart? Really, if you were to be honest, have you just started to lean back and started to put your trust in other things? I want to call you out of that place today. Come back into a place of faith. Get your lean back on. Put some pressure on. Pastor Mike will help you. Uh, looking forward to his message coming up soon about how we can put some weight and put some, because, you know, when you've got some weight, when you've got authority, you can put more pressure on. I can hear by the way people pray. I can hear by the way people try and cast out demons. Is there a lean on in their spirit? Is there some weight in there? See, somebody that's got weight and authority inside of their life, real weight, not just a managerary and spoken one, real weight, they've, they've worked on their heart, they've aligned their life into the things of the kingdom, they've placed themselves under authority, they've aligned their lives into the, into, the, into the kingdom of God. When you get somebody like that who knows how to put their lean on, I can tell you right now, things will shift. If things aren't shifting, maybe you've stopped putting your lean on. Maybe you've put no weight or assertion behind it. Right now, our nation needs people like you who will put their lean on the things of God. Our nation needs a church like Ascend that knows how to put its lean on. It's not just a bunch of people, just one's fiddling around over here, one's going to ticky tour up over this way to go and entertain themselves over. No, 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 no. The thing is, unity. When we come together in unity, we put our weight behind something. That, my friend, is one of the number one issues that we'll face in New Zealand. We're not unified. There'll be people here, you go off and do your own things. Actually, what you do matters to the whole. Let's put our weight into something. I can tell you right now, we're putting our weight. I'm leaning on God for breakthrough in areas of my life. I'm, bra- I'm believing, I'm leaning on God for, uh, there are political things that God has opened up to us that we are putting some weight and leaning on. Let me conclude this. It's not just about you leaning on God. The Holy Spirit leans on you too. The Holy Spirit leans on you. But He's not going to do it all by Himself. He leans on you. Come on. Open your mouth. Come on. Get behind him. Come on. Have a go. Because sometimes we think that we're by ourselves. But when you become aware that, yes, the Holy Spirit is behind me, it's kind of like, oh, 
Sometimes there's a push to say, come on, come on, Holy Spirit, come on, come on, Dave, go and speak to him, speak to him, speak to him. Step out, dream a little bigger. He's whispering it, dream a little bigger. Dream a little bigger, yeah, come on. Dream a little bigger, love a little bigger. Yeah, come on, yeah. Come on, step out and prophesy. Holy Spirit, whisper, step out and prophesy. Oh, I'm going to put my lean on. I can feel the, the lean of the Holy Spirit on me to, to preach. I feel the lean of the Holy Spirit to give glory to Jesus. I... Come on, guys. I'm going to put my lean on. When the Holy Spirit starts to lean on me, we're leaning this thing together and the world's going to change, I tell you. Come on, let's worship Him. No, 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 no. Strong. Put some lean on. I want to encourage you this morning. Get your lean back on. If you've got skeptical, if you've just been standing there, put some lean on in your praise. Put some lean on in your worship this morning. Come on, let's worship Him. Come on, sleep, lean forward this morning. going to go back into that and we're going to put our weight we're going to put some lean on this morning as collectively as a church uh, president trump has called in america the united states for a national day of prayer against coronavirus we are in front <laughs> so we're going to beat them to it we're going to stand i know that there are many churches across new zealand will be praying today against one against coronavirus but they'll also be praying into the issue of uh, of the abortion bill what I want us to do right now is we're going to just start to put our lean on, put some weight on. I want to hear your weight. We're going to start to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for the babies. We're going to pray for the young mothers. We're going to pray for the fathers. We're going to pray for the people of our nation. Come on. Let's put some weight on our prayer today. Let's put some weight on the heavens today. Shard of the card of the siyad of the siyad Come on, let's put some weight on today. Shard of the card of the siyad Shard of the card of the siyad Shout of a kyandai, 
Father, we hold New Zealand. Father, we hold Lord, we hold your sons and your daughters. We hold your children, your infants, your politicians. My God, we pray today. We put some weight on you today, Holy Spirit. We pray today. We call on you to move in our nation. And we speak blessing. We speak life. We speak healing over New Zealand today in Jesus' name. We speak your plans and your purposes. We lean on to your promises. That your heart is to save man and not destroy man. And we hold on to your heart. We hold on to your promises. And we speak life. Surround us today with your angels. Surround us today. Move on instead. Move into the hearts of the politicians. Move into the hearts of the people. Move on the hearts of your children. Move on the hearts of families. Move on the hearts of businesses. We speak blessing over New Zealand. We speak blessing over Hawks Bay today. We speak blessing over the unborn child today in Jesus' name. Father, pour out your spirit. This is your will. This is your will, Father. That you would pour out your spirit on all flesh, born and unborn. We pray, Holy Spirit. Pour out your spirit today. working out at the moment whether we'll cancel them or we'll just go live stream on here. I mean, we might as well use it. So just please stay up to date with our Facebook page or our, um, our, our app. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them, keep your lean on. And will keep my lean on. And will put some pressure on. We're going to stand together. And I believe for the things of God. God bless you. Come on, love somebody next to you. Don't be afraid of viruses. Have a fantastic week. 